Hello, boys and girls. Welcome back. This is season two of the CSGO Hour. First season, we had a lot of good times, some mediocre times. We had some great times as well, but um, now we're on to a brand new season. We'll be having a new sponsor in about a week or two. Uh, Mist is currently uh, stuck in Newfoundland right now, so he won't be in on today's podcast. We do have a special guest, the Bears of Energy, uh, working with their Clash Royale team, but... <laughs> Also of Counter-Strike fame and a current CSGO commentator. And, of course, I am back. We have now lovely Mads Meigand back from his little vacation over there in Denmark. So today we're talking about a lot of things as we had a major, something we're all excited for, yet wasn't living up to the billing per se. Face it, had some tech issues. They had a horrible playoff, one of the worst playoffs in all of history. Let's talk about that first. The Bears, how do you feel about the playoff at like in terms of quality of games at the uh face of major london hello hello um hmm. you know I, I know a lot of people have mixed feelings about the major and whatnot and to be honest it was a little lackluster not because of what teams were there because obviously i like seeing new teams coming out of the, the woodworks you know you saw complexity of a huge run zero people I, I promise you zero people have thought that they'd make it that far except for complexity themselves and uh, with also hellraisers kind of sneaking on in through the playoffs as well i don't know it's just um it was just all two zeros there's a lot of two zeros throughout the whole playoff especially the finals and i don't know it just it felt like um Teams just played a lot different when it came to playoffs. You know, the the best of ones group place into it was, I think, was kind of exciting. I know a lot of teams hate it because of the inconsistencies. You know, they got, um, you know, teams like Complexity and Liquid going 3-0 in the single, uh, in the best of one kind of Swiss play. And so I'm thinking, you know, maybe the format, I think two stages of Swiss play is a little too much. I think one is okay. And even though that's kind of, eh, you know, I'm always I'm always a big fan of best of three formats because obviously the better team usually wins. But that doesn't, you know, deny the fact that the playoffs will still lackluster. You know, like it's just too many blowouts. I, I think I think maybe um, the player break could have possibly had an effect on a lot of these teams. You know, I'm not going to say it was, but I think it's a strong correlation. I think one other factor, aside from these upset, but obviously complexity coming through and big, I mean, you kind of expected complexity to lose 2-0, but big on the other end, they underwhelmed. And then the other one is that Astralis was just so superior to everyone that it ended up being kind of lackluster. Because if you look on paper, Astralis versus FaZe, Astralis versus Team Liquid, Astralis versus Navi, those are all pretty sick matches. But then Astralis was just so much better than everyone that it kind of ended up being shitty semis, a shitty final. This phase series, I guess, was kind of exciting. But aside from that, I mean, there wasn't really much to talk about in terms of the playoffs. Yeah, I think Astralis, uh, they looked really, really good. And I think one of the things that really helped them look so much better than other teams is their structure. Uh, I mean, the only recent player change they had was Magic's, 
and he's I mean he's he's amazing in general. So it's not like it hindered them. But all these other teams, you have so many roster changes every other tournament. They have to use a ringer. You know, Hellraisers has been using had to use a, a ringer for their last event because of visa issues. You got Liquid who just uh, acquired Taco not too long ago. He's been doing pretty well. So you know, Liquid doesn't struggle too much from that. They have other problems. But then you got like um, MIBR who uh, just I guess brought in Tarek probably like a month and a half ago. And you know, people might say, Hey, this month and a half to get ready, but on a professional level, uh, you know, it takes a good six months to build that top level chemistry that you need to beat teams like Astralis or a phase, you know, there's like a lot of in game tendencies that you have to know. You have to know the person really, really, really well. And so I think with Astralis, their coaching, their IGL, the way they play is just, so methodical and safe and and thoughtful that um, you can't. It, it just beats teams almost by default because I, I think the weakest part of CS:GO right now is the in-game leading. It seems like in-game leading is is a lost cause right now, and you got teams like Navi who you know has Zeus as in-game leader, but he he's not bringing crazy strats or anything. A lot of it's a slow kind of uh, bait the utility just throw out simple and electronic out there and get the kills. And, you know, that works, that, that's been working for them for a lot, um, last couple months. But you, you saw a very good example in the finals against Astralis. Um, when simple's not performing, they have zero chance. And you can't rely on that. You have to have a system where if simple's not playing well, you have other people to fall back on or at least uh, keep the match a little close. It wasn't even close. Yeah, I think at this point, other teams are really going to have to look into the way that Astralis are structuring their team and also the way they practice with the whole refresh officer system. They have a good coach. They We've heard these stories about how they each watch demos for different teams and do all their homework. And you can really see it in the way they play because in that final, for example, on Nuke, you could just see how they completely shut out Simple from the game with the way they played. And he just had no chance to make an impact. And I don't think it's a coincidence that each time that Navi play against Australia, Sybil is just uh, less effective than he is against other teams. So at this point, if you want to be a top team, you have to look into what Australis are doing and see if you can maybe copy a lot of what they're doing because I think they're doing it right. Yeah, I think for sure they're doing a lot of it right. And um, as you say, they shut down Simple and whatnot. I mean, that's what Astralis, you know, that's kind of what makes them so good is that um, you look at Astralis, they're all insane players. They all have insane aim, insane game sense. But when you look at like stats or paper, uh, they're all over the place. You know, they have device frag and sometimes Dupree frag and zip decks. And, you know, I mean, everyone, there's, there's a game where every one of them can top frag and whatnot. And it's just, a methodical system you watch their demos you watch everything they do it's like they're thinking the whole team instead of this idea that you have to be a fragger you're only good if you're you know have plus this plus that uh adr high and that's completely wrong that's not, not that's not how you're supposed to be thinking about it and obviously teams probably won't be thinking that way but Astralis is the team that practices it. they show it in their game that this is a team game you're as weak as your a weakest link 
and their their weak link is very very strong compared to most teams. You're yeah, not think... wrong. I... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you're not wrong. I just feel like the whole thing about I don't think uh, some teams try to copy Astralis, like say Big to an extent, or even Liquid in a way. They try to be a poor man's Astralis, but if you don't have those pieces that fit together, like like a lot of times, some players might go missing on a map. Say Device once in a while, I have a bat an off map which is like not getting. I mean, like twenty kills or something, right? And then, but you'll see Dupree get like two or th- two or three Ks, like each round, like in three or four rounds in a row. And like Dupree looks like he's unstoppable. And so it's like you have to have the individual pieces, the firepower to back up the strats, to back up the utility damage, all that kind of stuff. So a team like Big, for example, next goes missing a lot. Um, same thing with Tizian to a lesser extent. Smooth is a good player, but he's no device. And God B has fragged out of his mind recently, but. I don't know how how um how long it's gonna last. So or like liquid, I have a lot of words for liquid per se. Um, issue with my issue with big issue with liquid is when they play against Astralis. For example, even on Inferno when they won Inferno in the group stage, they were losing the CT side because they were too scared to peek for information, and they would never challenge in apartments at all. Uh, they just gave up apartments, and so Dupree would go as always, just goes right down through boiler and. He'd sit there in boiler and take mid control, and they would just lose all their rounds just because of that and other reasons too. And they played banana really weird. And so I feel like if you're going to play Astralis or anything like that, you have to have confidence. So like when Naf said, all right, fuck it, I'm getting the op, and he just banged heads and like got device on a headshot through the wall, that was what you have to do to really beat Astralis is to kind of take it aggressively. And Navi used to do that in the past really well, but at the major simple got down to the grand finals, electronic fragged his head off. Edward did better than usual, but they just have all the pieces firing at the same time. So that was the issue for me. Yeah, I think confidence is a huge part. Like, yeah, you can play like a Strauss, but in the game, you still have to execute it. You still have to hit your shots. And as you said, the confidence is a huge part of it. And that's a very good point about Liquid is that uh, I think against Inferno map, they were like up 12-3 or 13-2 on, on one of their mm-hmm. halves. Yep. And they let Astralis come all the way back. And that right there just shows you that, you know, you can't play scared. And Astralis has this aura around them because they've earned it. They've been, you know, one of the top three teams for the last couple of years. And so um, when you play against these teams, you can't, um, you can't like mentally screw yourself over where, you know, you have to play like they're, on your level, if you, if you put them on the pedestal, every every move you make, every decision is going to be kind of a little seat of doubt in there, and that adds up in the in the long run. And Liquid definitely has probably one of the, the biggest problems of that, where they just all of a sudden turn on a switch and they become super scared or super passive, and they play really weird, and it really hurts them more than it helps them. And yeah, that exactly happened to Navi. Simple mm-hmm. had a bad first map, and he just he played so scared. Like it was weird. I was watching. I was, you know, trying to watch his point of view on the Go TV, and right. it, didn't, it didn't even look like him. I thought, <laughs> I thought it was someone else playing him because usually he just runs out or not runs out, but he's like he takes angles so confidently. He knows his timings. He knows that if I pick this, I'm gonna headshot you. But in the match against Stralis, he plays so careful and so slow or like so scared and they're just really not the same simple that we're used to seeing i had this argument with mygen um so basically i was saying that 
Simple has the op. Let me do three or four rounds in a row. He got zero kills on him. I said, well, take the op out of his hands, put him on a rifle. He's good with a rifle. Because if he's not doing well, he's not filling himself on it, just take him off the op because you're wasting the money. And, for a, and it's, he's a free kill. And it's just like, put him on a rifle. Maybe he gets more done instead of trying the same thing over and over again. And they adjusted too late. I think eventually gave flame with the op or something, or Simple actually got some kills. But it was, they kept doing the same thing over and over again. And it wasn't working. And they just didn't play. They weren't adapting to Astralis like they usually did. On maps like Inferno, Zeus is very good at adapting to what Astralis does. But on a map like Nuke, it's harder to adapt, I guess, maybe on the CT side even. So they just weren't reading what Astralis was doing, and they paid the price for it, unfortunately. But Simple was having no impact that first half at all. Electronic was doing really well. He had that 1v3, clutched around. Oh, that was gorgeous. I felt so bad when they had that the point one second the fuse didn't go off. That really cost them the whole nuke, to be honest. They won that. Their money would be a lot better. They probably might have, they could have won that map maybe, but I still don't understand letting Astralis get to nuke because Navi can play nuke, sure, but you're talking about the best in the world against him that is okay on it. That to me is beyond ridiculous, but that's just my philosophy on map vetoes. That's everyone has their own opinions on that, of course. Yeah, yeah but... I think. Uh... I think it's a good point about the aggressiveness against Astralis because if you remember ESL One Cologne last time that Navi beat Astralis, mm -hmm. that was a one of the games was that Inferno game where they would just constantly push Banana. You would have simple and electronic peek out there and kill Astralis as they were doing their executes. So it's really that's a really important factor. Mm -hmm. And then about the map veto, like I think banning Nuke in that final would really have helped Navi. Because, I mean, obviously, we know they always ban cash. That's right. just what they do. But Astralis haven't really played cash either. So instead of going on to this map where Astralis is undefeated, and, I mean, supposedly, <laughs> there's no way to beat them on that map. So instead, you can go into this kind of wildcard scenario where maybe Astralis doesn't even pick cash because they don't have the confidence or... You go on to cash and you know see what happens. Simple and electronic might be able to do something on that map as well. Yeah, it's really confusing their choice on new because um, I just took a look at their stats right now. And Navi, this is from HLTV stats, so Navi mm -hmm. has a forty-eight percent win rate on. Mm -hmm. Uh, and nuke but their catch is 23 percent. so it's like wait a minute uh, is their catch really that bad but again you look at i mean just looking at astralis they hardly ever play nuke either and then they're notorious for or at least from this tournament mm -hmm. you know they had some good maps on nuke so i don't know why they played into that so hard i would have guess sucked up the bullet and played cash against them i mean cash is is a little more pug friendly which kind of favors navi than a map like Nuke, where you need structured smokes, very strict timings on, you know, working the map as together. It takes a lot of coordination to play Nuke pretty well for the most part. And, you know, you look at Astralis, that is, you look at their team for coordination. So you kind of think maybe that was a huge, huge blunder to let Nuke through. Yeah, here's my, I think I know why I picked it. They, they, they want to say, look, they can beat Astralis on their best map. That's why they did it, more than likely. Because, like, Liquid had that same mindset going into it because they had, like, a 16-14 loss on Nuke that they should have won. And so they're probably thinking back of their head, you know, we should have beat Astralis before on it. That means we can definitely beat them again. When in reality, uh, Astralis is constantly evolving their Nuke. 
So it just keeps leveling up more and more. So it went from Super Saiyan to Super Saiyan God to Super Saiyan God 3. So at this point, <laughs> you know, it's just the more you play it, the better they get on it because the more they're going to figure out stuff that you're going to try and do against them. And you just can't beat it, you know. You just can't beat Super Saiyan God 3 when you're a mere mortal. So poor Liquid did not learn that lesson, unfortunately. Same with Navi, who did not learn the lesson from Liquid. FaZe learned the lesson, and guess what they got? Double digits on both on both uh, maps. But FaZe... Um, I don't understand what's wrong with FaZe because they should be good per se. There's nothing should be wrong with them, but they look bad right now. And bad, I mean, they're not competing for best in the world. They're competing for second best or third best even. So FaZe are in a rut and Liquid are good, but Nitro's not a, Nitro missed a lot of shots. And, you know, it's just weird. It's a weird situation for who can compete with a strong. Here's, here's, here's my problem with FaZe. Um, they have a person like Kerrigan on the team. All right, he's he's their in-game leader. Uh, he's supposed to, you know, in-game leader. You don't frag as much because you calling strats, whatever. Um, that can't happen with a team like FaZe, where they don't even have complex strats. It just seems like a lot of their stuff is a little puggy, a little loose compared to to other teams. And on top of that, you have Kerrigan, who's not performing that well for the most part and so that's what in the middle in the middle of the major they switched in-game leaders to nico mm -hmm. he said he was calling that is that is terrible if you have to rely on for a kerrigan for an extra spot to you know kill uh to be a fragger on the team so my my thing is like if, if for phase if you want to be a top five team or continue to be something like if you want to win tournaments you have to get a, a true in-game leader that maybe will bring something new to the table for phase as well as uh, not, you know, be a little more of a fragger than what mm -hmm. Kerrigan's kind of providing for the team. My issue with that whole thing is that I kind of feel like Kerrigan is, it is, you know, if they listen to him and like they did at the start where they had all those dominant runs where he could run the team properly and all of that, He's kind of the ideal in-game leader for a team like that because he... I know you said he's a bad fragger, but, I mean, he's not the worst. He's not, you know, an MSL before yeah. he went on Whoa. the OP. He's not a Zeus, someone uh, like that. He is a pretty decent player. And on top of that, he knows how to manage egos. He can create simple strats that people can follow. And the managing egos part is, like, pretty huge in a team like face and he can kind of be that fifth guy that just fills in the gaps so if you're gonna replace him my issue is who would you replace him with because i don't really see anyone out there who is kind of the ideal candidate to jump in there and be the in-game leader for face mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's that's a pretty good point i think maybe for him he could step more back as a coach role and then look for an up-and-coming player um, I don't know if they want Nico to continue calling and just get another hard fragger on the team or someone that complements their play style. I mean, Croman was a good fit when he played. I mean, he played well. He, mm -hmm. he didn't buckle into the pressure. He had some good rounds. And that's right there is, is a pretty good uh, sign that this people should be looking out for this guy. He played championship matches as a ringer and performed well. That is not a usual trait among a lot of people. And I'm surprised no one has scooped this guy up already. 
Yeah, you're not wrong. I was a little um, worried about Croman because I was like, ah, he's not that good. And then he really impressed on FaZe. Maybe having playing with Rain might have been an impact. I don't know. But um, I think I, I don't think they're going to get rid of Kerrigan, though, because you know, he's kind of a I guess he's a legendary IGL. I mean, people say he's not because they've had recent issues. He never can get over that hump. But I mean, he was one a one, ma- one round away on like Inferno from winning a major. So he practically won a major and he didn't actually win it, but he almost won a major. So, I mean, how much closer can you realistically get? So yeah. I just, a lot of the hate towards Kerrigan, I think isn't very warranted. And now you see some people saying, oh, Kerrigan should have an optic to replace Snappy because they're disappointed with optic. And then optic fans are like, well, we haven't had enough time or had enough chance to go to tier one lands, even though they're at the major and a lot of other lands. So mm-hmm. it's just That's one of those bullshit. things. It's one of them things, all right. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying they're right or wrong either way, um, but it's just one of them things where Kerrigan, as Danish, he could go to a Danish lineup, say North or Optic, or he could go to an American lineup, even something like Cloud Nine or something. Even that'd be pretty interesting, but it's not gonna happen. They have gold. It's weird. It's really weird right now. There's too much stuff that doesn't make sense. Whether it's Envy going into NA. Cloud9 getting flusha, like this roster mania type stuff is really hurting my head right now. So but speaking of new rosters, uh the major we had a lot of some teams like Fnatic were playing, knowing it'd be their last tournament together, even though Fnatic was scheduled and still are going to go to ESL1 New York, which starts tomorrow. They will be debuting with Green, the French speaking player, not anything to do with sweden so they're going to speak english presumably mm. and uh that he's a stand-in but who else they're going to get from sweden slash maybe even denmark or something or pick up a french player like scream who knows um the bears how do you feel about fanatic lineup with scream going in and say flush are going to cloud nine scream i think i honestly think fanatic may have got the better of you know, even though they're not completely Swedish, mm-hmm. I think Scream has been playing. You know, he's been streaming. I, I know it's still pugs and whatnot, but, you know, he, he's still staying active and trying to look for a team. So his hunger is there. I like that. I like to see his hunger. I would like to see how he will do uh, on, you know, a tier one team again. I mean, you know, maybe people think it's tier two, but whatever. I think Fnatic is d- definitely on the edge of being, you know, top 15 top 10 whatever and um i think it's good for scream i think it's good for mm-hmm. uh, fanatic something fresh something new uh Flusha hasn't been doing too hot lately he's been underperforming and for cloud nine i i don't know what's going on with cloud nine's boat it seems like they're desperate to make a csgo team and they're literally picking up any single person that's available they don't care about uh chemistry there's like oh there's a name let's pick him up see how he does and in the last you know ever since uh stewie left and then talk he's been having problems ever since and um it's kind of sad to see like cloud nine fall so hard because that team's a mess right now uh i love scar and all those guys but like you have to I mean, they have. It, it seems like because I don't see their inside their practices or anything or behind the scenes, so it's hard to really judge them completely. I just feel like Cloud Nine is just 
they're, they're they're going in the wrong direction. You know, they have to find people that are American because keep it local um, and just uh, bring up some up and coming players in, in like the Mountain Dew League or whatever. Hmm. So, you, oh wow, that's that's pretty bold to say. It that is bold. Think. I think it's interesting because a lot of you see a lot of teams instead of going for younger players in the region, say um, MIBR, for example, a team that's literally called Made in Where? Brazil. <laughs> not made in America, not made in China, not made in Turkey, made in Brazil. Yet they went, instead of you know capitalizing the name fully, getting there's a lot of young talents as we've seen in the Brazilian scene, the Upset Cloud Nine, for example, Team One. Uh, other teams like there's the Santos Gaming, the the local big Brazilian club has their own team, or you have Luminosities doing decent again. You have a lot of talent there, but they said, you know what? We don't like the local talent. We're going to go for star power. And Tomato Brazil, I haven't been convinced by them at all. I don't really buy them as a top five team because every time they play against a phase or a good team like that, they get crushed. Like a straw is crushed them like a can. Navi crushed them like a can. It's just disgusting. And then you have people like, you said, Cloud9. They used to go for younger talents. Look at Stewie, Automatic, per se, Slemmy. I mean, Slemmy didn't really work out that well. But still, you know, the point is they went for players that were local to the scene in NA. Now they've, they're going for washed-up players from 2015, like Skadoodle, like Flusha. You know, it's, it's not looking good for Cloud9. And, like, even other teams, uh, G2 will do it to a lesser extent. Um... Fnatic and I think Fnatic and Epper are pretty willing to look for local talent, but a lot of teams I've seen nowadays looking for other regions for like a quick fix, rather than like you said, looking for someone that places a good role or plays with good chemistry there. So, like yeah, I just I just don't want it to to turn out like the the optic of last year because you know how optic didn't even have a fifth person for like s- s- over six months, over yeah. six months, maybe a whole year. <laughs> they just kept switching out players, temporary IGLs. Literally, you destroyed a good part of your fan base by not buckling down, maybe sitting out a tournament or two, and then getting a, a strong person that can dedicate their time and energy that want to play. Right. Because obviously, Jason R, a solid like pugger, and, and um, you know, he's a streamer. But the thing is, uh-huh. his streamer was above his competitive play. Like, he put that ahead of that. And that's just, right. it was just a detrimental for Optic in the long run. But that's actually nine, perfect. No, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, it's, per- it's a perfect example because, like, I was a big Optic fan of, like, that original lineup that won E-League. Oh, I love that team. And then after the minor, I was like, oh. And then they brought in Hazed, and he was, it was decent. Well, that was, like, the best it looked was like, Hazed. And then when he wasn't IGL, he put Terrigan IGL. If they would have kept that team around and maybe he said, you know what, we'll spend a little bit more money, but we have a good NA team that could have won a major, ah, oh, man, that would have been insane. And Optic would have won the major instead of Cloud9. Oh, man, that would have been insane. But instead, they said, oh, well, let's all, they're letting everyone go. And then for because they didn't want to pay up for somebody, they had people like Hiko on the team. When he was washed, they traded, you know, they traded uh, Stan to Liquid for Hiko, and that was a horrible trade for them. And they dropped Hiko, like you said, for they had Jason or Freakazoid was sitting in for matches. Peacemaker played on train. That was ugly. They had some rough times on Optic, and that just ruined that team because they couldn't get, like, business management decisions together. And that completely ruined, like, for me, Optic CS. Now it's a Danish team that can't win anything. Can't beat Imperial. So 
And it's similar <laughs> to C9. I think C9 is almost going that right. same route where they're just mm -hmm. trying to pick up anyone, just put in some big names. Hopefully something will hit, like a, trying to be a phase or something. But, yeah. I mean, you have to get really good players for that to work. And um, mm -hmm. Skaz right now, or he has been for a long time, a little inconsistent. When he shows up, he's one of the best players in the server. You can't mm -hmm. stop him. But he doesn't show up all the time. He shows up once in a while, and he doesn't have the team to help help him out when he's not carrying or when he's not offing. And maybe they need a double off roll or something where if he's not offing, have someone else do it. That's my issue with this whole Cloud9 situation is that what you're saying with this roster move of picking up Flusher is, oh, we're picking up a veteran. We want to win now. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. When you're what? not gonna you're not gonna win now with this team. Like, what are you gonna win? Maybe like the I buy a power cup twenty nineteen or something. <laughs> and it's, like, Flusher has not been performing since like Katowice this mm -hmm. year. He's been in a slump for like six months. And I mean, maybe he's an upgrade over Sticker in terms of firepower. But like, if you're still not gonna win anything with this team, then why not try to pick up a young player that can grow and maybe in a year you will have a good team instead of with this you will just never have a good team in any context and i especially with cloud nine's recruitment in different games because we know in league of legends they've done this whole overhaul of their roster where they've picked up young players and they've actually turned out to be pretty good and now they made it to the world championship and then you see csgo and it's just this mess of like Golden is a decent ITL, Automatic is a good player, Rush is pretty good when he's on his game, hmm. and then you have two players that haven't been good in like a couple of years. So I, I don't understand it. Yeah, I'm going to say it, but when Flusher was amazing is when he was aim-locking 10 times a game through a wall. <laughs> All right, I'm going to say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a little rough. Right. I'm sorry, guys. That was a little rough. But uh, again, yeah, just he hasn't been doing well, and I just don't understand C9. I think I'm assuming it's it's Golden. I'm I, it has to be him and influencing C9 to get him on the team, because I don't think anyone, and at least in USA, would have thought, hey, let's pick up Flusha. He'd be a good fit. Right. That's so weird when you have Scream available and they offered him, which that's an interesting thing. Client obviously made a lot of offers. I guess. I feel like some people that are smart said, yeah, I'm not going to Cloud9 because it's a hellhole right now. Like, they're not looking to build to, hey, look, we need five players. Let's just start from the ground up. Forget the major spot, whatever. If you get five good players, you know, build around certain people, whatever, and then work like they did with their, with their League of Legends team, right? Um, mm -hmm. Jack said, trust the process, and look what happened. It worked out well. Whereas with CSGO, they're not doing anything like that. It's just kind of like throwing stuff at the wall, like you said, and taking random big names throwing them in the lineup, and the results have been they're one of the worst teams to watch because they're just so boring to watch because they're so bad. And it's depressing. <laughs> As an NA Counter-Strike fan, it's depressing. And I'm already depressed to watch any Counter-Strike, but it just makes it even worse. So, <laughs> Cloud9 I'm, had some of the worst games at the major, like that huh. strike game. Oh, my God. I couldn't watch it against G2. Un unwatchable. And G2, just as bad. G2 used at one point, like ECS, they were kind of fun to watch. They had some good stuff on Dust 2, whatever. I remember some good games. And then at the Major, they were just not fun whatsoever. I have to I have to wonder like what happened there because I thought like they regressed a bit. It's just weird. Like Kenny S shocks. 
and you still can't do anything? Oh. Kenny asked. I was, I was like, where was this guy? He was not. I don't, I don't remember seeing him. I don't remember seeing him shoot or anything. Like, felt like existence. He's trying to bring a more structured, I guess, play style, but. They ended up playing so slow and not aggressive is that they just, mm-hmm. just get picked off and destroyed in every default. I think uh, you have definitely have to mix it up and try to bring, you know, you have to have the fast pace. You have to have the four ones or even five zeros. You can't just do defaults every round and expect to win, right. especially against a level where, you know, you're playing against the best teams in the world. You're going to have to do something a little different. You can't just do basic fundamental CS against the best teams in the world. It's good for lower levels, but not not against you know those teams yeah g2 sure. is so bizarre to me because like you got shocks in there he's fucking amazing he's basically a 1v5 on this team you got kenny yes he's pretty good sometimes he's a bit up <sighs> and down and then like you're supposed to be this amazing tactical team but when you watch them it's it's fucking awful like existence is supposed to be this tactical genius and then like their best maps are like Dust2 and Inferno. Like, why aren't you good on, I don't know, Overpass, a really tactical map? Why Train's a good one, you know? You have the one best offered. Yeah, that's their permaban. Really? Yeah. So why then... is Train their permaban? Because it's G2. I can't explain it. Yeah. Then oh, my God. Nuke, they don't really play that much either. And it's just a shock show at this point, and it really shouldn't be that. It's like existence really needs to get his act like together. Yeah, they play cast, which is a puck map as well. I mean, congrats. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is crazy that train is one of their band maps. Overpass yeah. is not there because you have like those are op maps. Those are Kenyas. Like you could just like Kenyas go over here and just, just shoot people. Like he'll he'll be guaranteed one or two kills every single time. Just get him out there, and you take away the two, like, well, two of the, one of the two strongest alt maps in the game right now, yeah. Train and Overpass. I just don't get it. I just feel like they play a weird style where they don't give Kenny a lot of room. They just kind of put him in a box almost. All right, well, you can shoot from here. That's about it, though. He doesn't really have freedom to move around the map because you have people like Smiths and Body. Body's not bad. But he's not like he's not gonna carry you really. He's just gonna get like frags here and there. But mm-hmm. he's not that good, right? We know that. And Smiths, I don't want to bag on Yolas noobs because it's rough. It's still looking rough for him. He told, uh, he said in an interview that yeah, he's gonna get better. They still have some time to develop. He's feeling better, but he looks awful. Like one map, I think he did pretty good on the whole major, but one map, like you can't live your life on one map. So. Mm-hmm. It's pretty depressing. But then again, Shox has to have his wife in Smith's. So if he doesn't have that, <laughs> he'll cry. I don't understand. Why can't you just put him as a coach and then bring in NBK? Oh, please. And then you have a good team. But nope, they have to have Shox, at, not Shox, they have to have Smith's as a rifler. And I have an opera where you could be like, okay, just sit back, hold angles. And then he won't miss, hopefully. I mean, he misses in the past, but that's irrelevant. But nope, they put on a rifle where he's. He looks like he's never played CS in about six months or a year, so it's rough. So hopefully they come better because at New York, they're also at New York. You know, that's a actually, that's one of the questions I was going to have. Next question is, yeah, you have someone in New York days after the major, like Zeus and all them. I know Navi's in um, New York now. Some of the teams arriving in today because the games start tomorrow. Yeah. Um, as a former player, commentator, do you fly around a lot, whatever? How, what is it like in terms of quality of CS that you expect that after the major, you're going to a big tournament the week after. What is that like? 
Uh, definitely a little draining in terms mm. of just the traveling and the hype for the major. Because lead up to the major, obviously every team's like in emergency mode. Hey, let's let's play our best. Let's practice. Get everything down right. So you're expending a lot of energy, a lot of time before the major. Uh, building it up and then well i mean for some teams that only last there you know for a day or two um they won't feel as bad as for a team like navi or or fanatic who's been there for a couple weeks just playing it out you know hashing it out and um going straight to events so i think you know it does bring a big toll on on you as a team uh some teams will but it'd be interesting, I guess, because it. Uh, I think it does really hurt the teams in general, just because it's just the traveling, traveling from Europe, traveling to New York, uh, jet lag, got to watch demos, prepare for what they did at the major, and you got teams like Mouseports who went out very quickly in the major. They might not be as exhausted as these other teams because they're they did really bad, and so now they're hungry. I think teams like Mouseports would do even better uh, at an event like this. I think the interesting thing about this New York event is obviously that Astralis isn't there. So we're going to see who out of probably Navi, Liquid, and FaZe are going to take the the title as second best, I guess you could say. And then you got a team like Fnatic in there, obviously, who just made a roster change. And other than that, I don't really have a lot of hope for... Energy? The... You've got energy? Yeah, yeah, energy are all right, but I don't think they look liquid or face. Energy, go ahead, you first. Um, okay, uh, so basically, here's my, I guess, slightly biased opinion, but like, here's the issue, right? You have an American event in America, well, obviously, it's an American event, but you're having an event with two American teams, well, you know, mostly American teams, and they're in the same group, which, well, what, in what world does that make sense, ESL? Like, well, what are you thinking? Like, you're putting liquid energy, so I guess who plays each other? Liquid energy. So phase G2, and it's all best of threes at the event. So only in reality, it's going to be liquid phase playing for the first spot out of group B because there's no way G2 beats phase in best of three. If they do, I'll do something stupid. I don't want to do anything <laughs> stupid. So it's going to be liquid topping group B, and then you'll have G2 plays energy. Energy should be G2, and then it'll be energy against phase. Best of three to make it out of group stage. Now, in what world is that smart? Where other group, you're going to have Fnatic, Gambit, Mouseports, Na'Vi. Na'Vi and Mouseports are good teams, but Na'Vi plays Gambit, Fnatic plays Mouseports, but Mouseports have been in bad form recently, and they're playing Fnatic, have also been in bad form recently. So it's going to be more than... It should be Na'Vi, Mouse for top of the group, which is good, but then you're going to have Gambit, Fnatic. I would say Gambit probably wins that, and then Gambit, Mouse. It's just whack where that's happening versus energy phase, which are two top 10 teams in the world, whereas Gambit, Mouse, not really. So I just think it's bad group building on my part and bad first matchups. So that's just that's just my personal opinion. But, you know, what are you going to do? I think energy definitely, though, I've looked. It looks really good before. Um, they Chet says they're ready to go, says, oh, we're going to be good at this tournament. Um, they've had time off, so they're not like flying, they're not jet lagged, whereas Liquid are, Fat Phase are, and I mean, G2 are relevant, so you know, but it's just weird though. But then again, you say, oh, this is what should happen, but at these events where even best of threes, 
well, at least one match won't go the way it should be. Like G2 will have some shocks dropping 50, 50 kills for the first time in uh, ever in regulation against FaZe will happen. And then G2 will beat FaZe and everything will be in chaos. So who knows what can happen. And plus, energy could be liquid. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, but... You know, since you're since you're working with energy, with your biased opinion, how do you feel the bears? <laughs> biased, but I'm gonna keep it as objective as possible. As for energy, oh. up until before the minors, mm-hmm. they were really, really good. They're playing superb. They're beating top teams. Uh, I mean, they beat teams like Liquid uh, North, who was kind of shaky. I mean, that's a little mixed feeling, but that's right before they started winning tournament or won a tournament. Yeah. Um, they beat FaZe in the finals yep. and, or in, in like the semifinals. And so they have the potential, they have the skill, but ever since losing in the minors, I think it set them back like two steps because uh, they lost to teams like Complexity and United who are right now, I mean, no joke, they're up, they're definitely the up and coming teams of North America, but then you, mm-hmm. they're losing to uh, Swole Patrol in <laughs> a qualifier like a couple weeks oh, ago. And right. so that just that just hurts the mentality like really, really bad. And I think energy has a skill, especially with Cirque, his op is amazing. Definitely the game changer of that team. And so what my biggest concern with them is that when they're almost kind of like Team Liquid when the pressure's on, they tend to back away from the pressure instead of going head first into it. So hopefully uh, these losses, maybe the last month or two of just kind of watching these teams play and them not being in the tournament themselves gave them a little motivation to maybe play a little harder uh, during those pressured situations. Right. I think it's interesting points you make with the regional competition. For example, I remember staying up to watch um, – United play Cloud9 in the IEM Oakland qualifier, and that was huge when United beat them. And you look at some of the plays that happened. Ace, a guy who's never shown up on land, had like an amazing like three-piece whatever on the train bomb site to defend the bomb from being defused. Like, there was some crazy stuff that happened. It was beautiful. I wouldn't say beautiful CS, but it was enjoyable. I like mm-hmm. watching United play when they're good. But then I was, yeah. I was a big fan of United. Some, you know, I some, know some people over there, good org. And then... When you see them go to a land, which I said, oh, they should definitely be invited to Montreal, and then they don't do anything over there. It's like, well, back to the drawing board, I guess. It's just, but then you say, what can they change? Because they don't want to make changes, and it's just really weird because like relics isn't going off at all. And then it's funny because at New York they're having another event called the MSI MGA Masters. We're gonna have Complexity United, uh, Movie Star Writers, and I think uh, the fourth one is uh, might be Avangar. I think it is. Avant-garde, mm-hmm. however you say it. And so that will be interesting in itself for, I guess, complexity is to be, like, the, the best up-and-coming NA team. But, like you say, it's weird losing to regional competition. But, like, you see other teams happen to the same thing, I guess, in practice or scrims or even officials. Look at um, Dennis, the German Dennis, dropped four, I believe he dropped 40 against, uh, I want to say, Sprout beat... A decent team today. I forget who it was, but it was somebody like Matt Decent. I'm just like, how does that happen? Or <laughs> a better example, Virtus Pro beating Optic in MDL. Sure, they had Rubino. It was on Dust too, but that's sad. That's really sad. And so you have a lot of those kind of upsets happen online. Whereas LAN, I guess you could say, make the argument Energy shouldn't have lost to E United in the minor and then lose to Complexity. That wasn't good. But then again, Complexity got top eight in the major. So it's a matter of perspective, I guess. 
you know, and who you're losing to is good or bad. But I don't think Energy should have their heads down. I used to hate Cirque a lot. I thought he was overrated, thought he was too twitchy, but he's definitely improved a lot. So we'll see how that works out, especially considering Liquid don't have a good opera at all. So who knows? Who knows what could happen? I think, I think the thing here is that it's not just LAN we're talking about. We're talking about every single game is a best of three. So mm-hmm. those best of one upsets, you can wave goodbyes to those. So I think a team like a team like T2 is going to have a hard time with that. A team like Gambit is definitely going to have a hard time with that. And even NRT, they could get second maybe if like FaZe implodes or something like that. But beating either Liquid or FaZe in a best of three, and we're talking a group stage where Liquid probably doesn't choke and start playing scared or start to underestimate their opponent, I I just don't really see how they can how they can lose to NRG in that case. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. just happens. what happens. You never know what happens. Like with regional competition, like liquid energy. Energy could because energy plays overpass, liquid uh not so much I guess. Energy likes Inferno if I recall correctly. Liquid not so. I look. We can play Inferno, of course, but yeah, Infer- yeah they like they like Inferno. Liquid has a weird map pool. I'm not gonna lie. Like they don't play the Hermans. Uh, they don't. They play Nuke. Energy plays Nuke, so they'll probably play on that map as well. It's just a weird map on both parts. Cause like Astralis, Navi, these teams have defined map pools. Liquid, they throw a lot of curveballs out there. So we'll see what happens. And I'm sure Zeus has something cooking up in the books already. And then of course you have not just Eosol in New York. Mind you, we have Blast Istanbul Pro Series. Now, while Astralis is in attendance, the reigning major champions, unfortunately, we have some other good Unfortunately. Teams. Yeah. What are you I, saying? You heard me. It ruined Pick'em's dog. My Pick'em's are destroyed because of Astralis and Device. Why didn't you pick Astralis? Why would you do that to yourself? I picked Liquid. I picked Liquid. I believed in it. I had complexity being MIBR, okay? Like, it, it was wrong. Oh, that's your that's wrong. your mistake, believing in NA. That is my mistake. <laughs> Somebody has to. I believed in it last year and it worked out. I thought, you know, catch fire twice, but you can't. Unfortunately, so this is one of the weird events, right? Blast Pro Series. It was fun last time in Copenhagen. Now we're in Istanbul. And this is the case where Cloud9 and MBRB are in attendance because Tarek says, I want to play in Turkey. So he told Cloud9, we're leaving New York and we're going to Turkey, boys and girls. And then he left Cloud9. <laughs> I said, right, Forget ESL in New York. We're going to Turkey. Yuck. So, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, Istanbul's a cool city. A lot of culture, a lot of history, but currently, Turkey situation's kind of rough. But Space Soldiers, also in attendance as the hometown favorite. Uh, Nip, yeah, Virtus Pro, and of course, Astrala. So, in terms of name power, it's there. VP, Nip, all the name recognition teams, but VP's been. We know how VP's been in recent form. Um, plus, there's no Bialy. Space Soldiers haven't looked mm. well. Space Soldiers have been okay, right? Nip have been in good form. MIBR in good form. Cloud9 look absolutely god-awful. And then you have Astralis, who are going to win the event. So how do we feel about Blast, considering it is one of the events where it's like the whole, they do the map videos ahead of time, and one of the, uh, and I know MIBR are playing Astralis on Dust2 which is the highest-rated um, meeting of teams at the event, according to HLTV, is a four-star matchup, even though it should be a 16-0 once again. 
and Nipper playing <laughs> Astralis on Nuke. Another 16-0. So Astralis what? hit two 16-0s. Oh, no, dude. Are you, are you? Come on, let's be honest. Why are Astralis playing Nip on Nuke? Or the other way around. Why are Nip playing Astralis on Nuke? Why would they do that to themselves? Because Nip used to be a good a Nuke team. They were one of those, like, VP used to be a good Nuke team. Nip, Yeah, Mouse. like in 2013. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't have to go back that far. <laughs> right? I can give you all... I can give you... Actually, let me run down the vetoes right quick. Space versus Nip on Mirage. MIBR Cloud9 does too. Irrelevant. VP Astralis Inferno. Space Soldiers Astralis Inferno. C9 VP Mirage. Nip MIBR Mirage. Space Soldiers MIBR Mirage. Astralis Cloud9 Inferno. Virtus Pro Nip Cash. C9 Space Soldiers Mirage. Nip Astralis Nuke. MIBR VP Cash. Astralis MIBR does too. Space Soldiers VP does too. And then Cloud9 and Nip on what map? But Mirage. So a lot of Mirage being played. So yeah, it's, and it, it's, it's hard for me to be really excited for this tournament because of mm. VP and Cloud9. Right. Uh, they just put a wrench in everything where I'm looking at the first like six matches. The only match I want to watch is Space Soldiers versus Strauss because I'm curious. Well, I guess NIP. And MIBR would be pretty good, but I'm curious about Space Soldiers. I've always felt like they are supposed to be c coming up on their own, you know, reaching that tier one top ten team, but they never got over the hump. They never, right. they never really got there. But I, I think they have the skill, and talent. It's just they never come together in the tournaments. Yeah. And so oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, the good thing about this tournament, first of all, is that Space Soldiers won't have any VC issues. There you go. That's a positive. <laughs> oh, man. They can play with, yeah. They can play with all, all their uh, teammates. So that's always a plus. And yeah, VP is just a huge dud right now. It's with Bialy leaving and just shambles on the roster. I can't see them even taking a map. But you know what? It's crazier things have happened, I guess. So, um, Overall, I guess I guess we kind of see how this will turn out. Though it is weird, though, that there's only what six teams. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. They have a weird format for this one because it's the one where all the like the teams all play at the same time on the stage. So I guess you can kind of pick and choose which matches you watch. And then, aside from all that group stage best of one, there's only the grand final and a show match. So there's basically only one playoff game. I'm not really sure I like this format that much. I like the games at the same time. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of that. So you don't have to watch like, I mean, I don't want to watch VP play Cloud9 for one. So I can just watch <laughs> something else in, at that point. But I I don't like the only the one best of three. I think they should have a few more. Yeah, if you put in this much money into tournaments, renting out stadiums, having a live audience and whatnot, you kind of want to have a couple more matches, you know, just have a couple more matches, have, you know, have more airtime on streams and stuff like that, especially having all the matches at once. Uh, that that cuts down on a lot of the, the matches you can see at the same time. So these guys are kind of like shooting themselves in the foot here with, with uh, I guess, from a organization point of view in terms of having a successful tournament. Like you spend all this money, you kind of want to milk it as much as possible. So yeah. here's the uh, here's my issue though. Um, I already know what's gonna happen, and I hate to say it because I'm gonna get laughed at. But um, Astralis win the event, yes. But second place, 
I hate to say it, but it's me versus Pro. And here's why. Oh my right, god. No, okay, let's see here. Right? There's no actual logical, logistical, whatever you want to call it, reason for them getting second place because they're a terrible team, blah blah blah, better teams. But best of ones and the fact that VIP VP have won an event or been anything good in a while, right? So last year we had Epicenter. VP was garbage, garbanzo beans. If they beat FaZe in a best of three, they beat Gambit in the best of three, and they could have beat SK in a best of five. Yet they were looking terrible before that. So it's literally the fact that they're due for an upset and a weird placing. So I'm going to go on a limb and say VP taking second place. Because their Adderall hit all at the same time. They that's, managed that's to pull that one out. That's all you need. That's, <laughs> that's all, all you need. need. That's you what they're that? going to need. They're going to need an IV of pure methamphetamines running through <laughs> the veins if they want to beat a team like Astralis <laughs> or MIBR. That's oh, they won't be Astralis. But I mean, MIBR, Cloud9, Cloud9, they could definitely beat. Space Soldiers, maybe. Nip, mm, probably not. It's one of them weird things where obviously they shouldn't get second place. It should be like MIBR, Nip third, C9, uh, Space Soldiers four, C9 fifth, VP six. That's how the order should be. But bad things are going to happen. And bad things, things are going to happen. VP, they rest it up. They rest it up. So, you know. It's the annual event where VP fans give their fans false hope. Yeah, that's what I'm feeling. That's how Yo, I'm v- feeling right now. VP's been rested up for over a year now. All right, I'm waiting for them to wake up. Oh, same. I mean, it really sucks. I remember I was gonna write an article about um how VP captured a lot of fans at NA because they were really good. They're really popular. You know, people like Posh and everything. And then VP decided to just fall off a cliff. So I said, you know what? Forget the article. Um, forget VP. They don't even exist anymore. And I went from like being scared of having NA teams play VP to like. Hoping they do because now they're just a pushover, which is sad, especially when you have like King went out placing them in terms of like winning events and stuff, which is crazy. And so Taz is doing better than VP ever probably will in the next couple of years. But you know, that's just, uh, that's just how it is right now. VP are destined to be a DreamHack Astro Open team, besides until, of course, when they get invited to always tier one land, which is disgusting. But that's what happens when you have fans. Yeah, I don't know how they got invited to this event. And the uh, worst one is, the funny one is the epicenter invite where where they got like uh, a wildcard invite because they've done well at the event before last oh. year or some shit yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> that one I mean, was pretty whack, but most people have stopped inviting them at least. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, you can't justify... Uh, only reason why they have VP because it's in Russia, so VP Poland Russia is kind of close by, so they kind of have to invite them for the least wall card, right? I don't think they'll make it. Yes, but that was the yeah, <laughs> that was the one where I think Epicenter was the qualifier where Energy lost a Swole Patrol, which was uh because Daps was in, in the um, qualifier, so I guess you could blame that on Daps for not not his fault, but you know he couldn't play in the qualifier against uh, for Energy, so that wall card will be interesting for sure. But you have a lot of events coming up. Like CS Summit is in like two weeks apparently, and there have been no one cared because there's no invites, so it's not on HLTV, like on the thing whatever. So I don't even know that CS Summit was a thing this uh, fall. So who's gonna go to that event? Probably no one. No one good at least. And then you have like GMAC Open Atlanta, um, I am Chicago. You know you have some cool events coming up. You know there's a so lot cool of events coming, coming up. I'm looking you at the that... page right now, so yeah. many. So yeah, many. That's a ton. Mike, you know what we call that? Oversaturation. 
Stop. <laughs> I kind of like it. But I don't like how it's always the same teams. Yeah, you want to see the best, the best but I do like to sprinkle in some teams qualify. You know, you got to yeah. sprinkle it. You got to sprinkle it in there. Throw in a couple. Right. You know, they, they might suck ass one tournament, but they might do well another. You never know. Just kind of mm-hmm. sprinkle in other tournament, other teams. You're not wrong. Well, in so, that case, I got the tournament for you, Star Series, which everyone decided to skip. There's a lot uh, of uh, new teams in there. You got Sprout, okay, Imperial, Cybersen, Ents for 300k. Yeah, a lot of, lot of okay, new teams. Look, listen, only because Mouse Sports, well, Mouse Sports came in, but Nip and Fnatic pulled out. Um, Navi skipped it, even though they win every year, right? So you have, it used to be a decent event, Star Ladder. But now you have like the best teams in order are going to be um, Mouse Sports, Energy, Complexity, North, Optic, Hellraisers, Ents, Renegades. I think I already said them though, probably. Fractures is decent. Imperial, though, is, is a meme. Cyberzen, I never even heard of them. I, don't, I only remember HZ from like Tyloo back in the day. Tyloo's there. They could upset, I guess. Vega Squadron. They look decent, but they always look decent in the major and they just choke. So it's just an ugly event. Like Sprout. Sprout's Sprout not too bad. Season. Sprout's not too bad. They have but Dennis I, I and Speedy. The, but they they looked well, okay, so I watched them when I did the Asian minor because they were there with the European minor at the same time. So um, when I was watching them, they were actually pretty decent for the most part. I mean, they kind of dropped the ball. When they needed to really win and qualify, but other than that, uh, they had a lot of potential. So maybe they could recreate that and maybe uh, turn some heads at this tournament. I mean, their best player is not Osafix, so it was decent, yeah. But I mean, you have like Speedy and Dennis; like those are both bottom fractures on any other team. So <laughs> you're combining them together with Percy, whoever Percy is, and Favin. Crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember those guys to be honest. I don't even I don't know if they were on the, I don't yeah. know if they were on the team when no, I watched them. They weren't. Ago. <laughs> they probably, yeah, I think it was HS back then, probably. So, yeah, Favin is a new guy. I know that. Yeah. Percy's new too. I yeah, think. it's crazy. But there's been a lot, a lot of things going on, and so one of those scenes that's kind of in a bit of a flux is Denmark because North beat Astralis in two best of three. I said, let's go. Astralis is going to finally go burn to the ground again. We're going to have North. They're going to be the new best Danish team. I was really excited. AZ getting his two places, the king of uh, Denmark. And then North crashed and burned at the major. And now you have, like, North are recalling Gade. The Optic are like, oh, who should we get? Let's get Rubino, right? Who was only good under MSL. And then MSL, he's getting kicked out for Cadian, somebody said. And then so Cadian's coming back home after having the best the Rogue had a really good tournament and they've been slowly but surely going up in the world with the minor. There's the Dream Hack Austin they did they got second place at. So Rogue was looking pretty good. And then now they're just like, well bye. And so I don't understand what's going on in Denmark. I had heard someone was talking about this guy named Blame F in the obvious Discord talking about Blamef. I'm like, who's Blamef? And he's on like some trash team that plays North tomorrow in the uh, ECS uh, the ECS Challenger Cup. He plays for Epsilon. And he's apparently on, according to Raga, he's on like the everyone's scouting list as an up-and-coming player. He's 21, but I mean, he's up-and-coming. So Denmark, Mygen, you're the expert. What's going on in with North, Optic, and everybody else? 
Well, I have no idea who would play Mephis, personally, but uh, wow. <laughs> aside, aside, from, uh, aside from that, I, I find the timing of the North moves super weird, because, okay, Grant, they fucked up the Major really badly, but they just won a big event. I mean, mm-hmm. after all this time, MSL finally has the best tournament of his life. They finally win a big trophy. Mm-hmm. For the first time since Epicenter 2016 or something, and then mm-hmm. he just gets kicked after one bad <laughs> event after that. <laughs> so it's sad because the org invested so much in the MSL. They loved MSL. They were like giving him coffee and cigarettes every day. Like he could do no wrong. But that <laughs> That's how you do well here. Yeah, <laughs> have some of the and coffee, then... some cigarettes, keep doing yeah. well. Thank you. I mean, AZ <laughs> was fetching him coffee like for years until he finally became good again, and now. They're like, well, you can have that coffee somewhere else. Maybe go to Optic and have fun with Cajun B and see if they'll take you back. So now he's the ex-girlfriend that none of her ex-boyfriends want back. And Ooh. where does he go? Does he go to Rogue? I mean, I hope not because that will just ruin that team. Um, even though you can't really ruin it too much. It's already pretty bad, but relatively speaking. But where can he go? I mean, he where can good. go to Optic, I guess? Oh, Optic will never take – no, because they're not going to take Snappy. Yeah, that's true. I I have no idea. I just don't think you should get kicked out of North. I, no. I don't really think that Cadian is going to be an improvement over MSL. Granted, like, MSL, people criticize him day and night, basically, but he's starting to get an individual level. I think he's still pretty good as an in-game leader. <laughs> the other potential move was, like, Gade for Nico in, uh-huh. in, in that like hole. Gade. Yeah, I like that move. But the MSL one, I don't understand that. I don't understand the timing of it. It's, and I, yeah, yeah. It, it's always weird changing your in-game leaders because you have to change the whole dynamic of the team. Mm-hmm. And MSL was the IGL, so their success has to be a little bit, you know, towards him. He helped, you know, he played well on top of, you know, the team was playing well. So mm-hmm. it's just bringing uh, IGL is just a very fickle thing right now in CS:GO, and mm-hmm. it's it's they're not. They're not available. You can't just pick up an IGL and be like, okay, here, let's go. It takes months of working together, coming up with new strats, integrate it with the play styles, having a game plan. Not many people can do that. And so get rid of your in-game leader just like that over <laughs> over one bad event or maybe multiple bad events. You just had one good event. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just think it's going to be very difficult for North. And, I mean, you talk about winning tournaments, uh, but, you know, there's always a random Danish team that win a tournament once every couple of years. As you said, was it uh, the epicenter with Dignitas? That was like the mm-hmm. last one that they won. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just uh, every couple of years they'll they'll get heroic one power land with Snappy and all that, and against like Astralis and uh, Dignitas. So you know, you have some. But the thing with like North, I mean, they won three events this year and second at Bets Bets.net Masters season one to Hellraisers, which they barely lost because. There were so many crazy clutches on that last map of the Inferno, but um, they won GMAC Open Tour over Hellraisers, getting the revenge. They won uh, Valencia against Luminosity, looked pretty good then. They did place top four at Summer, losing to Optic, funnily enough. And they lost in Star Ladder top four to Energy. But they've had a pretty good year, three trophies. One big trophy. You can't really complain with those results. I mean... You can't, you can't. I mean... No. It's better than not winning anything, and exactly, it shows potential of North what they had and what they could have done. I mean, if you win a big, you know, two hundred fifty thousand dollars tournament, that's that's pretty serious. 
You know, mm-hmm. you can establish yourself as a pretty decent team. I think people just so upset at them at the major that <laughs> they just throw everything out mm-hmm. the window because they're so angry. Right. But, I mean, you can't. What is Optic done her. with their Danish lineup? Nothing. They've yeah, I don't nothing. think they've done anything. No, they, they, they got second that summer to Imperial, and they got fifth through sixth at Austin when the organization is literally based in Texas. And it's like the whole organizer came out to watch them fail. To losing yeah. the space holders, who did eventually win the made the, the land, but still that was rough. They only beat Complexity at that time, and Complexity wasn't good then. And then they got second in the minor because they literally threw the minor because they didn't really care about winning it, for I guess for reasons whatever. So they let Nip win it, but they threw that event. And Zotac got Masters, waste of time losing to Ghost Gaming. How do you lose to Steel in 2018? That's depressing. Ooh. Steel God Kusta. I mean these. This is just this is just shameful. And then Stockholm, 9th through 12th, losing the Heroic, Snappy's old ex-team, who weren't even that good. And then 17th through 19th of the Major. Like, Optic are not worthy of any kind of praise whatsoever. Can't, can't hate on Ghost too much. Ghost has actually been coming up here in North You're America. You're not wrong, but Ward they can't do so. Yeah, I mean, they can't do any Major, which is unfortunate because of Steel. But yeah. Wardell, I mean, the team's actually not too bad. They've been no. performing pretty well. Wardell has mm-hmm. been on fire. His up. He's probably. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm surprised that they C9 didn't go for Wardell. That's literally. Mm-hmm. That's the cheapest, best pickup for your money that you can get on the market in North America for opping. Get Wardell. I mean, Cirque is locked in NRG. Ghost Gaming. Yeah, they're they're kind of an organization, but in in hindsight, they're kind of a joke too. So in terms of just terms of like um, behind the scenes stuff, I don't want to say anything. But um, well, I mean, yeah, they did loot. Yeah, you're not wrong about that. They used to have a lot of money. They used to have they used to have the biggest sponsor, but that's just a whole ball of wax. Yeah, and I, I think C9 should have went for Wardell because he's obviously playing really wow. well last year, and he, they could probably get him a lot cheaper than they could get for a flush up from Fnatic or anywhere else. And But know. you're talking Wardell, you're talking about an opper, then, you know, you're going to kick Skadoodle. Get well, rid of him. Get I rid feel, of Skadoodle. Look, I love Scott. You know, he's a cool guy and everything. Oh, I agree. He should get kicked, I, but... I, I don't think his heart's into it. Like, he's how many times has he retired and come back in the last year? Like, two or three times, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Seems like yeah, it. Maybe it's, it's like twice. It feels like twice. But either way, mm-hmm. that's enough to tell you that maybe his heart's not into it. Maybe he doesn't put as much, uh, um, you know, time into it like these other players who are hungry. You have to be hungry to be top player. Yeah, he can still play, be top 50 in the world, whatever. But that's not enough to win. You have to put mm-hmm. your dedication, your mind, your body into it to, in order to win. And you got a young, hungry person like Wardell who's 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 wants to do that to a guy like Scott who's already done it. He's right. looking for a new adventure. It's a mind game. It's a mental aspect at this point. Put Scott, you know, let him do his thing. But, you know, don't force him to play. I, I feel like the reason why he was being forced to play because of the legend spot for – Cloud Nine, obviously, they had to keep a core three together, so that's why you got Scott kind of just playing here and there. But just get someone that's hungry, that wants to play, that wants to win. And Wardell is definitely your best pick in terms of opting right now in North America. You know, who's more hungry than Wardell, and who's a better option than Wardell in North America? <laughs> JDM. Better? Uh, no, 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 no. Okay, you don't understand. You don't understand. You've literally run into the the biggest JDM fanboy in the world. So 
That's, oh. that's the only reason why I say that. But yeah, because like we had this when Dust was on here. Me and him had it out about JDM because he doesn't like JDM apparently. And uh, so yeah, we had we exchanged some words there. But um, no, I just don't understand why JDM gets like looked over when he's still he's improved on rifles at least in FPL, and he's good on the op. I think I just don't understand the Wardell hype. He had like one or two good lands, but like I don't think he's gonna be consistent against tier one competition like that. Whereas JDM at least has proven it and has had a good career. I still think he has about two or three more years left in him. You could even look at somebody like Nifty, to be fair, because he was a free agent. Now he's going to go to um, Envy. And we can talk about Envy now because you have JDM, you have Nifty, and you have, I don't want to say it, but you have Drone, Semphis, and uh, Cutler. Now, even my JDM fanboyness can't tell me this is a good lineup because you have two normally main oppers. You have drone who hasn't been good ever you have um semphis who's an igl he owes peace speaker's advantage but a bit of a meme and you have cutler who's decent i just don't understand what envy organization was saying well yeah let's just not try and get the team of vitality wants let's go for this na lineup like this is just depressing Let's go for mediocrity, you know. Let's go for mediocre. I think that's what they're kind of throwing it up there. <laughs> but uh, as for JDM, yeah, I mean he was pretty solid, but he hasn't he hasn't played in a team in in over oh, wow. seven months. Seven mm-hmm. months. That's a long time. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying he lost it. He probably is better for the most part. Uh, I mean, I guess he could be a possible replacement for. Uh, Skadoodle uh, for Cloud9. So I'm not going to throw him out there. I think he could be a number two or number three in terms of the available offers. But uh, as I think, I think Wardell is definitely the best at the moment, like right now. Right now, if it's right now, I think it's Wardell. Mm-hmm. But I can see your point in JDM. I, I think there's a possibility. I mean, Wardell is young as well. He's only 20, whereas JDM, was he like 26 or something like that? 28, but age does not mean anything. Let me tell you right age now. Is about extra time. Age is just, well, until you hit like 70. Your extra times don't go down to like 60 or 70 years old. That's a fact. Yeah. Everyone base that stupid age reaction time with one StarCraft II article written like eight years ago. Give me a break. No, it's personal against me because I'm old. All right. And people look at my age and think I'm over the hill. I haven't hit my prime yet, baby. All right, I'm ready. I'm better than I've ever was. Okay, I'm throwing that out there right now. But Are you gonna make a comeback to best? I'm trying to. It's fucking. It's hard. It's hard playing Eighteen year olds. It's just. Well, when are you gonna get into FPL? The well, FPL. I've been doing ESCA. I've been like, I'll get A plus, and I'll go straight back to A minus or A because of just, you know, the pugs. I mean, pugs are not a good skill of team play. Counter Strike. It's pugs oh, so for fun. Saying... It, should, it should be for fun and hanging out. You know. So you're saying that um, Soam isn't the best player in NA? Saying. No, no, no. Okay. Not even close. All right. Well, I mean, he's, uh, tried. he's solid, but I mean, mm-hmm. like pugging is pugging. Like you could, like you guys can make a case for Rops and all those guys that made it through pugging, but that's like two people out of how many tens of thousands that be- became big from pugging. Mm-hmm. 
Like he, he was a good player regardless. And so that, that's why he got noticed. But pugging teaches so many bad habits and problems. It's just annoying. I mean, that's a good point. Like, it's interesting how the scene's grown because, like, from when I guess when you first started playing uh, way back when, when I was like three years old, like you were on like <laughs> Team 3D and yeah. Legendary. For me, especially because I was like a legendary Halo organization as well. So you're playing against like MTW and all of them, but you don't have FPL, ESEA, you don't really have any of that kind of stuff. You just have LAN or like stuff like mm-hmm. that. So really, you don't have, but today you could get noticed by becoming good on FPL ladder, good on matchmaking, making YouTube videos. Back then, <laughs> there was no YouTube. I mean, you had to download videos and stuff. So it was crazy how much things have changed. It's, it's like, wow, it's, um, it was, but with the new FPL to get noticed and everything, it just it's not the same. Like pugs are, it just it's just individual, just running around. It's hardly coordination team. Where I mean, it's there in pugs, but for the most mm-hmm. part, it's not there compared to actual structured scrims and matches. It's way different. Right. And so we kind of build a flawed system. We're picking the best pug players and trying to put them on teams. And that's why you see a lot of these people that don't hold well to team structure play. I guess one of the best examples would be uh, Psalm and Tens. Oh. They're, 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 they're pretty popular puggers in the NA, but yeah. in terms of matches and, scr- and, and league results, you, you don't see them. You don't see them yeah. at all and because it's a different kind of game. It's a different style. Or another example to this team was Exotic, back on Splice. They tried him out because he was a big upcoming pug player, and he just didn't work out for the team. They said they wanted somebody more older. That's where they got Cutler. They wanted somebody that was more, I guess, uh, experienced versus somebody that was a pug player. So, Or, like, look at Rico. And talking about energy, Rico. Oh, yeah, I remember Rico. that guy. That happened for about a month or two. That went nowhere. And look where he is now. He's nowhere. Like, he just he came and he went, and he had his one moment of fame, and that was it. And Energy has been one of those teams in North America that have tried a lot of different things. Got B and Legia, they brought in with the whole mixed German lineup. Mm-hmm. They had Ange, they brought in over. They brought in Cirque, all kinds of stuff. And eventually, something finally worked out for them. I'm glad. And, you know, like they're. To be honest, a lot of it is being carried by Cirque. I yeah. Mean, Ethan, Ethan's amazing. I Ethan's think he's good. probably. Mm-hmm. I think Ethan's their other, like, best player. Mm-hmm. Um, Fuggling Daps seem like they're doing all the dirty work. And Breeze, he's just yeah. he's there. He's there. He's, he'll, he'll have he's there. He's gotta go. He's there. I mean, uh-huh. I don't know about he's got to go, but um, he's, <laughs> he's there, though. You know, he's, he frags sometimes. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's, it feels like it's this Cirk and Ethan show for the most oh, part. Oh, for sure. Which is fine. Like, it's the same thing with Navi. You have the um, simple electronic show. So you can have just two good players, and then everybody else just kind of plays their roles, and it works out pretty well. But, I mean, you know, it just depends on how you want your team to be. But you can have just two mm-hmm. big star players and everybody else kind of be there, and then they'll be fine. But, you know, we'll see with ES1 New York coming up what'll happen. But that's, you know, that's pretty much the tea right now. You talk about, well, I guess the only other thing really notable that's going on right now is uh, Renegades decided to go back to a full Oceanic lineup where they're bringing in Gratisfaction and Liaz from Order and from Greyhound. And so they're going to presumably be dropping Jacob, who was a good player, Norwegian. And Nifty is going to Envy. So, how do you feel, Mygind, about this whole this whole this whole deal here with Renegades? 
Um, I like that they're making a change because I thought the last lineup had really played out. I thought mm. that they were really going downhill ever since they lost Kassad. I think they had been going downhill. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure this is the change I would have made. Agreed. I, 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 I guess they want to keep that whole Australian core and that Australian fa- fan base. Mm-hmm. I think Gratisfaction is a pretty good player. I'm not really familiar with the other guy. What was his name? Lias. Yeah, Lias. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with him, so I'm not sure what to say about that one. But mm-hmm. they're removing Nifty and Jakim, which two I... Yeah, two of the better players in the team. I'm not really sure those guys were the issue in the team. No. They've been messing around with the in-game leading situation where Asa has been the in-game leader. And Crazy. Nifty has been shifted out of the role and eventually getting kicked, mm-hmm. I guess. So... Yeah, I I don't really have too much hope for that this team. If Asa is gonna continue to be the IGL, I don't know if he is. But mm-hmm. if they got someone else who can do it, then maybe they'll be better than before. Here's the thing, Lops or Tom. All right, still low, still on this team. Hasn't been good recently. If you want to kick anybody, it should be him. Now they can't kick him because you know he has to wait for the next season so they can kick somebody else. Whatever. It's just weird. It really is weird. You hate to see it. It's a good, should be a good team, but ever since they had the peacemaker of NA known as Ryu come in, they haven't really looked that good at all. Like Ryu has been with about ten different teams recently. Hasn't worked out very well. I know FNS had bad, didn't have very nice words to say for the guy. So I'm his stock has kind of been weird in my opinion. Whereas peacemaker, similar story, went on a lot of teams, had some initial success, but ever since then. Peacemaker had some weird things with the China, whatever, with Tyloo. He's been he's been all around, so I don't understand. Maybe they need a strong coach again. Kassad, like you said, was a very good coach for them. Then Kassad said, fuck it. When he's, he went over to his boys over there in uh, Balkans. Hasn't gone over too well, so we'll see. Maybe he comes back somewhere else. So, But then again, coaches are hard to come by, I think. Like, there's not a lot of good coaches of fifth agents wise I look at Valens. He wasn't a coach. He was like a guy who watched stuff in Twitch. So he was, uh, he was uh, like a mod, right? Well, he started off as a mod, but he eventually yeah. became a analyst. Analyst, yeah. And yeah. then he became a coach eventually. Right. And then you have like I'm a pet, who was you know it was a recent guess, star coach. I mean, he's had some good success with DAPS now. He had success with FNS, so he's been proving his worth as a coach. Rugga, another for Optic Gaming, has been a pretty good coach recently. So you've had some coaches come out of the woodwork kind of deal, but for the most part. Uh, the coach situation, especially in NA, is kind of rough. I'd love to see Sean Garris as a coach. That'd be beautiful. Um, but we'll see. This team's going Oceana, so who knows what'll happen. Maybe Sponge goes becomes a coach. Gets a lot of money. That'd be pretty dope. But yeah, the boys. Yeah, never know. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, the boys. <laughs> That's all we can say. That's all you can really say about this team. Cool. We'll just see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But um, that's about all we have for today, folks. Um, no questions today, so we'll have to take questions next week. We'll announce if we have a guest next week. We'll announce it in a couple of days. Um, next week we'll be talking ESL One New York Blast Istanbul Pro Series. How VP were able to beat Astralis in a best of three, and oh, a bunch of lunch, bunch more. I'm sure there'll be roster moves happening soon. Uh, thank you for joining us, to Bears, today. And oh, thank, thank you for inviting me. No problem. All right. Well, yeah, that's it. Thank you.